back from the East-West Shrine game. He got his practices and his interviews up out of the way and made some time for us here at State Media in the pocket. So we appreciate you, my guy. Thanks for jumping on. I appreciate y'all boys for having me, man. I, I've been, I haven't watched you guys' podcast and I love, I love everything about it, man. I, I really enjoy us having this platform. I always tell people I grew to appreciate Franklin more and more throughout my career and his ideologies and. That's everyone, man. I, yeah. I feel like that's everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like you don't, you don't realize until you get to the end. Like Franklin always has your best interest at heart. Like even when he's making you do them 6 a.m. punishment workouts, them, them plate pushes, them, them tire pulls. Like he, he just wants you the best out of you. Um, yeah. and he's always gonna grind. And you don't realize till you get away, like the important things, that's what, that's what separates you when you go to the next level. Um, yeah. the little things, just being having an intense intention to detail, just things like that are going to separate you when you get on this level. And it's best you just start doing it now rather than yeah. fighting Coach Franklin on it and, yeah. and getting nowhere, honestly. <laughs> What's up, everybody? If you are a college football fan like me, if you know a college football fan that's in your life, you need to go cop this shirt. New designs dropping all the time. It's the perfect gift with the holiday season coming around. If you don't have this thing, you're missing out. Great material, great fabric. I wear it all the time. Go get yours today. Back again with the pocket. Another off-season edition. Got my guy Bebel here, as always. I'm um, going to chop it up a little bit, but big chunk of this is going to be obviously uh, the rewind reflection by position that we've been doing here, keeping it constant. So we're, we got the linebackers. So it's going to be B show tonight. I'm going to let him uh, let him uh, run the table here and try to shut the hell up as much as I can. So B, what's been up, man? <laughs> not much, brother. Not much. Uh, you know, grinding away, taking in some of this uh, NFL playoff football. It's been some good football this past weekend, man. A lot of people are upset about some of the outcomes per usual, but you know, some some high quality ball. Uh, oh yeah, you, I was I was bummed about the Lions. They came out yeah, hot, yeah. couldn't finish. Mm. Um, and you get, when you when you got a good team down like that, you got to put exactly. them away. You exactly. got to put them away. <laughs> and I thought if anyone would have been able to do that and smell the blood in the water, it would have been a Dan Campbell team. But that just Kudos, kudos to yeah. Shanahan 49ers. Yeah. I mean, fuck, dude. It, it's like it's like a, a coin flip at halftime. I said it. I felt like San Fran was a little sleep to open up the game, and Detroit was alive and well, and then it just completely flipped. San Fran woke up, you know, came to life, and started doing what they have typically done, and you know they that shutout was it seventeen or twenty four points unanswered points, twenty seven unanswered points. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was is, uh, I'm sure that's painful to hear, especially for a Detroit player and fan. But I mean, like I said, you gotta give kudos to uh, to San Fran. I mean, to a Detroit fan, you gotta give yeah. kudos to San Fran. I mean, they're going to the big dance once again, once again. Yeah. I mean, it, like it's kind of what you expected, right? I mean, if you were to draw it up, but. I, I always keep going back to this. I said it to I said it to Ryan Bates last week. Like, it is so hard to win in that league, man. And when you're at this point in the season, like the best of the best, and not only is it the best of the best, but now you're getting the best of what the best has 
in terms of game plan and all that shit. Like you're getting the shot of shots. So you really got to capitalize. And as always, these games come down to, even during the regular season, these games come down to two or three plays, one possession. You know, even, even with the ass whooping that happened in that first half, like came down to one possession. Like right, it's just right before halftime, holding so, into that field goal right before halftime was big. Yep. Obviously, the fourth downs. Been a lot of talks about those were big, but mm-hmm. so many plays. Um, and not to even you know pick point fingers or anything like that. The uh, Jamison Williams non touchdown he had the deep ball, the flea flicker, I believe it was. Yep, that was that could have changed the game. I think he, I think he slowed up a smidget. I mean, as we know, the margin of error, as you're saying, is 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 that small, man. It's it's crazy. So and, then, and then you talk about um you know, you know, leaving opportunity for the bet for the good teams. And a lot of people don't talk, you know, we talk about schematics and who's an MVP race and everything like that, but the emotions of it all, which football, as we know, it's a passion sport. I think you saw that come to bite some of the some of the players in Baltimore. Oh yeah, you know, kind of holding it together because you cannot afford to shoot yourself in the foot against Patrick Mahomes, as we were talking about. Yep, that game was um, not as a much of a letdown for me per se, but it would have been nice to see Lamar get to the big dance. Yeah, not as much fireworks. Um, I, I was though, you know a little disappointed with the way – I mean, at the end of the day, it also comes down to quarterback play at this point, and I'm not right. I'm not saying Lamar didn't deserve to be there or anything like that, but what I'm saying is, is it's really hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes when it's yeah. playoff time. I mean, he's like 13-1 and one against all other quarterbacks in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Brady, like the only kryptonite he has is retired now, so – you know, it's really hard to bet against him when he's when he's locked in at this level. But like Lamar, they had a couple opportunities, man. And the way that defense has played all year, like that's a, that's a championship defense. Yeah. And you do wish they would have got a chance to go um, and and line it up with San Fran again. You know, kind of the uh, the, the the best of the best on the offensive yeah. side, best of the best on the defensive side, type of thing. But another tip of the cap to to. Kansas City, like just figuring it out. Like it's it's been a weird year for them, and they talked about it in the post game press conference. Like just having to win different ways and and having struggles they haven't had in the past. And that's again, all, that's another cool part about the playoffs. You know, you look back like the Giants when they won the whole thing with the yeah. with the healthy catch and all that stuff. Like they were what eight and eight. They were a wild right, card right, right. <laughs> on a run. Like anything can happen. So. Yeah, it, I think it's been good. And then this game opens up as like a pick 'em straight up. Like right. it had a couple line switches here, but it's a pick 'em straight up. And I think that that's really interesting too. All things considered, right? We talked about San Fran being so dominant, and that you know Kansas City kind of having to do it differently. But the way they played in the playoffs, Vegas is like, fuck it, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. It's a straight up, straight up pick 'em. But you wouldn't have picked that, you know, probably yeah. playoffs. Man, it's testament to good teams, good coach teams, quality coach teams. Andy Reid, as you said, you can never really, no matter what the regular season had, you can't count them guys out. And then uh, just the leadership. I mean, I was listening to Tom Brady on the McAfee show today, and he's talking about, you know, the things he pays attention to as he's gearing up for his Fox debut this upcoming season. 
And he said, obviously, you know, it's the scheme and everything, but it's the leadership. And that's what he appreciates most about, you know, watching Mahomes and seeing how he navigates that team. Because, you know, if the goat of all goats is saying it's a team sport, outside of all the praise that he gets and, you know, McAfee showering, showering him with praise, I mean, he understands that it's a team sport. You need all 22, all 53, whatever you want to call it, to, you know, be operating in sync to to win because as you said it is very difficult to win as easy as some teams or players make it look it is very difficult so it's once again going into vegas i gotta think i gotta roll with vegas i'd have to go with the mahomes and crew man i don't know yeah i i mean it is gonna be hard to bet against pat Are you paying too much for health insurance? Too busy to read long, complicated policies? Well, guess what? Here at The Pocket, we got a solution for you. Mahdi Health. Patrick Mahdi, former letterman. He's doing a fantastic job in this industry. He leverages years of expertise to build a customized health insurance policy for you and your needs. Individual plans, family plans. Patrick ensures you get the best protection for your health and budget. Mahdi Health, one broker, endless solutions. Now offering up $500 cash bonus for every customer referral. So quit overpaying for your health insurance. Visit ModiHealth.com to schedule a free consultation with Patrick himself. Point blank period. I think, I think uh, San Fran has the better roster. Right. Um, but, you know, I know, Pat, I know Pat's going to be dialed. And Patrick aside, that Spagnolo defense, you know, they don't have all the stars. You yeah. know, to necessarily, you know, namesake of Patrick Mahomes, but they get the job done. And obviously they have high quality, all pro, pro bowl type players. But, you know, as far as household names, you know, the average person might not know who's on their, you know, their depth chart, all three levels of defense. Uh, but they get the job done. They get after it. And they're, they're just <laughs> good players. There's no no other way to put it uh, without the, the name to it. No, no doubt. Um, by committee, they play sound. And, and it's all about timing, too. It's all about yeah. like, I mean, in any, in any, I think, level of football, you know, it is about when you are playing your best ball. You've talked about it constantly. Like, confidence is so big. Yeah. And, and what you just brought up about Tom, like the intangible stuff. Like, Tom, honestly, I think he's the GOAT because of that. Like he, right, like he, right. he did tangible things well and and really good, but I think he did them better than most because of the intangible, like his work ethic, his attention to detail, his ability. You heard Edelman talk about it on one of his podcasts, his ability to like compartmentalize life, yeah. work, and football, like was so elite. And having him mention that, I think, is is something that like the average fan just kind of breezes over. They just look right. at the look at that they look at this but like having a guy like that talk about that and say like that's how i'm gonna make decisions when i'm analyzing and breaking things down that's that's like one of the that's like one of the top three things that i'm gonna look at yeah because it is like that intangible side of it plays into all of the things that we just mentioned the the momentum and all that stuff so you know it is it is going to be cool seeing the nfl season come to an end it's always fun watching the super bowl uh, a little bit drawn out for me, honestly, with all the commercials and stuff like that. They are cool yeah, to look a, but it's a little a spectacle, bit man. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely a spectacle. I remember learning this is probably an old statistic compared to what it is now, but I believe it's about 
was it three million per thirty second commercial slot or something of that nature? Maybe thirty million. It's crazy. So you know the entertainment aspect of it is you cannot forget about that when it comes to the Super Bowl. Working on the broadcast side of it now, you know, understand it all and advertisement sponsors and this and that. So it's part of the game. It's part of the game. Um, what are the odds Taylor Swift cancels her Japan tour to make it to the game? <laughs> I got to They may be quite high. I don't. NFL is probably begging her to please attend. We need you in the suite. We need all 15 cameras dedicated to you at any time we can. Um, you know, best believe if she does make it, she'll find her way in the, in the broadcast, as we've seen. Shoot. She what might even give a post-game speech. Yeah, hell yeah. What was the what was the what was the metric that came out? I guess it was today or yesterday. She she's generated like three hundred and thirty one million dollars in revenue for the NFL, whether it be believe it, man. Merchandise purchase, whatever. I hundred percent believe it. Shoot, uh Kyle Huchek, the fullback forty niners, his wife is a designer and she designed, I think, the jacket for her. That you know was the Kelsey you know geared all up. She, uh, Hugh Sheck's wife, now has an NFL sponsored deal, and her social media platforms blew up. Yeah. I mean, the Swifties, they are a conglomerate. <laughs> they, I, I will admit, you know, I knew I obviously knew who Taylor Swift was. I was not aware, fully aware of her game. I did not know she was as superstar as she is. She's a global mega superstar icon, whatever you want to call it. She is that, 100%. Nuts, dude. Born in Redding, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah, not too far. I've driven through Redding plenty of times on the way up to Penn State, coming outside of Philly. Um, you know, I hear Redding is kind of – there's some good side of the tracks and there's a bad side. Uh, like like most places. What do you say? I said my pops was born in Redding too. Really? No, I know that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I knew he was a PA guy, though. Okay, I didn't know it was Redding. Yeah, yeah. Then they ended up moving up to the northeastern, the cold yeah. region, yeah. area. But yeah, man. man, NFL coming to an end. We got the uh, the XFL USFL merger March thirtieth kickoff for that. So we will job. have all to talk about. I'm actually. What's your What's your take on those leagues? I mean, honestly, I think just offhand, I think they're the best deal ever. Like yeah. if they if they were smoking hot like when i was trying to figure out if i wanted to keep playing or not uh they were still trying to figure it out i played in the uh the aaf or whatever right. the hell it was that ended up folding and then it was like you know mass exodus crazy stuff yeah. but if there, was some type, if there was some if there was some type of like good back structured league like this seems to be uh i think that's the sweetest deal going dude go play yeah. during the spring get to watch ball the rest of the summer, you know, make some money, right. have fun with it, you know, help some younger guys out, you know, be, be, be kind of a mentor with your experiences and stuff. I don't maybe know, man. It, maybe get like, a shot at a training camp, you know, yeah, you know, whatever, fuck, you know, I get, get out there, whatever. <laughs> right. That seems like the hottest deal going, dude. I mean, shoot, I might have to hit the gym. <laughs> I actually got the, the, the opening email of if as if I was interested because yeah. I was in the XFL. I think it might have been a year after the AFF kind of crumbled. I was in the XFL, but then that's 2020 COVID hit, so then that crumbled. Yeah, uh, there's still lawsuits and bankruptcies coming out now to this day. But I think you said exactly 
where there's structure, it can work. And that has been the big issue. So hopefully with this merger, that gives it the backbone that it needs because football is king and people will, you you know, you build it, they will come. People will, more people will get used to spring football. And I think the quality of the game is going to get better too. I mean, there's, as we know, there's guys that can, that can play and, you know, just need a shot. And hopefully, you know, with more reps and reps, it'll be more of a clean, you know, cleaner game. I think that's the one thing, yeah. you know, folks kind of gripe on, uh, you know, obviously more so with the offenses, defense, you know, you can kind of pick those, pick those things up quick. With yeah. offense, you know, yeah. yeah. I, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, though, I, that's a great point. And I don't want to make this too much of like a reflection session because it's really not about that. But I think you and I kind of weirdly were in similar situations, even though completely different paths to the league. Yeah. But like when I got there, they ended up keeping four quarterbacks, like heavy quarterback room. I didn't, I didn't do shit. Like, yeah. re- like I didn't, there was no reps to go around. There was nothing. And I think really like the key for all this to work is buy-in from the NFL and almost go back to the old school, like NFL Europe uh, right. model where like they can send their practice squad guys to go play in this league and they can have almost like a two-way contract. They can send their practice squad guys to go play in the league and get reps, dude, because that's, right. as you know, man, like that's the differentiator. Like you start yeah. getting reps, you start getting confident, you make a couple of plays, who the hell knows what can happen. And that goes back to what I said is like, yeah, that's the luck of the role. That's like kind of the luck of the draw where you get drafted, the situation you step into. Like, is there an opportunity to do that and like right. be able to get out there and make some mistakes and, and still have confidence from the coaching staff to keep rolling you out there? And then all of a sudden, you know, to your point, there's guys who all can play. It's just about right. being able to fall on your face a couple of times and get back up with good support behind you. And yeah. then you're off and running. Like it would have been a life changer for me for it yeah. to have been established. And I think that just overall, to your point, for like the growth of the game, it needs it because yeah. right now it's college. And, yeah. you know, th- like I said, once you once you make that decision, there's no other outlet. There's no other way to get reps. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like basketball. Like you can go play pickup basketball. Right. Off, you know what I mean? You can do those. Like you can't go play <laughs> fucking football. Yeah. You, just can't. You, can go, you, can go, you can try to go play semi-pro and yeah. see how that works out for you. But I don't think most people want to do that. <laughs> no insurance no. and shit like that. No, dude. Hell no. <laughs> it's like, you know, it is something that I think is, is drastically needed. I hope fans, to your point, I hope fans have patience with it because yeah. defenses are always you head into every training camp. Defenses whoop the offense's ass for the first three right. weeks. And right. the start turning around. It's just that's just <laughs> how it works. So, you know, continuing to grow that, grow it, and and get a good crop in there, I think is going to be big for the game. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, very much looking forward to it. So, there's a lot of good coaches that I've been around. A lot of players. You know, some guys that I know that can ball. I think the product will be good. Obviously, like you said, just time, just time. But with structure. Hopefully they can provide that time and not worry about another uh, league crumbling, you know. Yeah. So. yeah. And that's what we're to do, the coaches. Yeah. Yeah. And the the ground for guys to call plays and stuff. My short time in the XFL before COVID hit, um, that's where I really learned that, you know, coaches and players are really in the same boat. You run into coaches who've had league experience or haven't, and they're trying to get there. You know, everyone's just trying to build their resume. You know, hopefully get that next uh, that next call. 
But ultimately, I mean, if the league sustains itself, it just may be its own thing, which is which is good, good enough, cool enough, because I think it still can be good football. And people just have to get in their mind that it's not the NFL. It's just, you know, it's a separate entity. Um, and I think I think it'll fare well. Like I said, football is king. People are always going to watch football. Yeah. Just got to just got to build it. Just got to bring it along, bring it along where there's touchdowns, you know, sacks, you know, hard hits, which guys are still hungry to get out there. Um, and I like the innovation of it, too. They're doing some different things, which, once again, it builds its as its own thing. You know, they got a little few different rules, you know, especially special teams, you know, the, the short kickoff or the short distance kickoff, which NFL may adopt. We'll see. I'm not sure what the really injury like numbers are. I like the onside kick, too. Isn't it like a fourth and mm-hmm. 20 from like your yeah, own point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but honestly, now, because of the way the onside kick – yeah. has been, you know, without the running start and all this stuff, like the percentages have plummeted. And, I, you know, I'll be honest with you, like I don't think too many teams are too worried about onside kicks because of that. Yeah. And that's, that's a, a big play in a game, man. Like even at the high school level, this this past season, like we, we had two or three chances where we did it. And, it, it you know, it not, almost worked out. And again, that's high school level, so mm-hmm. there's a little bit more of uh, – there's a little bit more of uh, <laughs> some some factors that play into yeah. that. Just the crazy fact. stuff can happen. Crazier yeah, stuff. But but still, like when you watch a lot, when you when they line up an onside kick anymore, it's just kind of like you know you're going and grabbing another yeah. beer. You're like this, this one, yeah. no. you know, yeah. as opposed to I think previously, you know, onside kick was lined up. Dudes were right. on the end of the seat, right. you know. Right. Shoot, so, that uh, the Detroit San Fran game. I'm watching that last that last onside kick attempt with my mother in law. She knows football, but she's like on her edge of her seat, like, oh my God, what's gonna happen? And I'm like, you know, the chances of them getting this is very slim. I think this game is over. But they uh, they got a hand on the ball. I think it was a flag, but to yeah. your point, the the percentages are way too low for it to be as interesting as I think the league would probably want it to be. So maybe we'll know. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. And from the broadcast side, I like the way XFL, they kind of kind of Olympic track style. Guys make a play. They're right on them on the sideline, um, kind of getting in their helmets and their brains. So they're able to do – there's a little bit more free will with that, which I think is entertaining from the fans at home and especially there, you know, where the NFL is, you know, a little bit more, you know, concealed, tight with uh, what they what they air and what, the, what goes up on the air. So, yeah, I'm excited for it, to say the least. I mean, who knows? We may have some Penn State guys in there coming soon. So, and ultimately, yep. that's what it's always about. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, let's uh, let's rein this back in from our from our now <laughs> weekly NFL rants. Um, like I said, we're going to kind of review. We got we got a, a, a again a heavy heavy guest guest dependent here with a lot of this stuff, and I think we're going to get a gentleman who's. Pretty fresh off the marks, B, huh? Pretty fresh. Yeah. I think we get a real good look into this linebacker room and what, what the future holds. Uh, Curtis Jacobs, correct? Yes, sir. Curtis Jacobs is uh, going to tap in with us. Currently training for that next level to NFL, as we were just talking about, which I think he'll fare very well, very athletic. Um, I think he ranked fourth in explosive plays from the linebacker position, which if you look at him and watch him play, it makes sense. You know, he's in the backfield. He's currently playing in the East-West Shrine game with our guy, Caden Wallace. 
and also damn, I forget his name. And also Hunter Norzad, you know, on the O line. So look forward to that game, and you know, kind of on that same accord. You know, we got some guys in the Senior Bowl as well who've made you know, made a little bit of a splash so far. I think was it today, the first day of practice, Tuesday, yep. first yep. day of practice. Uh, who we have? We have Penn State, Steele Johnson, Kalen King, Johnny Dixon, and Adisa Isaac, uh, which I've seen good things so far from all those guys. And that's pretty much what the Senior Bowl is all about, you know, yeah. making a good impression, either making a better impression than what you your tape has already shown, or it's a chance almost for like a fresh kind of slate, fresh start to make some plays against high-quality guys. All the scouts are there, you know, owners, head coaches, uh, they're all there, so it's a perfect opportunity. Looking forward to um, seeing those. I think Theo, I think Theo can make a, make a big name, a larger name for himself in this upcoming draft. Uh, yeah, I think Theo is going to be a bit of a steal. Yeah. Um, such a deep room, they had to kind of spread the wealth. You know, Tyler Tyler made a name for himself and has played really well. But Theo's Theo could be a difference maker. Um, and again, just kind of like. It hasn't really shown his full potential just because there hasn't been a ton of opportunity for him to to be like that featured guy. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I think I, I, I'm excited for him. I think he could be a I think he could be a steal this draft. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to graze over our linebacker portion of this show, but I am excited for the tight end part. I always, yeah. I think I told you this. We might have talked about this before. Maybe with AB. Yeah. Give me another two, three inches of height. I think I'm an all-American tight end. That's, that's oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can give you two inches, that's for sure. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> very, um, very, you know, I hate going against them, but, you know, tight. I like the tight end position just from a football mind, uh, mind state. Uh, so looking forward to the senior bowl. But once again, Curtis Jacobs is going to join us, talk a little Penn State linebackers. I mean, I have my two cents, and, you know, we've, we've mentioned some names, but I'm looking forward to this group coming into the 24 season. You know, we tease it a little bit with what we can do, what Coach Allen can possibly do with uh, Abdul Carter, who's looking to have – I mean, I think this has to be the year. I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but I think this has to be the year he makes his jump to All-American status, yeah. which is very much possible, and – will bode well for the Penn State uh, squad as a team, as a whole. And uh, obviously with everyone else, you know, it's going to be, you know, his partners in crime. I think this defense can definitely take us just as far and hopefully further than uh, this past season. So without further ado, let's yeah. get freshly new, um, newly acquainted alumnus, Curtis Jacobs. And as promised, we got our guy, Curtis Jacobs, uh, one of my favorite guys to watch this past year on the defensive side of the ball. Really excited for him and his bright future. He just got back from the East-West Shrine game. He got his practices and his interviews up out of the way and made some time for us here at State Media in the pocket. So we appreciate you, my guy. Thanks for jumping on. I appreciate y'all boys for having me, man. I, I've been I haven't watched you guys' podcast, and I, lo I love everything about it, man. I, I really enjoy it us having this platform. That's fair. Well, like Hack said, appreciate you, man. Hopped off a flight, got to us. And as, um, you know, we're breaking down these positions. I don't want to go straight into the boys, you know, that are still at the at PSU. kind of want to stick to your story. 
as I said, you were one of my favorite guys to watch over the last few years, obviously coming out of playing in the linebacker position. Very similar to kind of how my career developed, started outside, found your way inside in the box a little bit more. Tell us about tell us about that transition. Coming out of high school out of Maryland, big time recruit, and kind of figuring, you know, navigating through the linebacker uh, arena in college football. Yeah, honestly, it was a it was a tough transition for me. Um I had never really got an opportunity to play linebacker for real in college. Um mm-hmm. Coach Pry had actually reached out to my coach and tried to get him to get me doing a little more linebacker stuff my senior year after I committed. But I ended up lining up on the edge for a blitz and ended up playing the end for the rest of the season. So I never really had that experience. So coming in, it just really was leaning on my vets. Um, guys like Jesse Lucetta, Ellis Brooks, uh, Brandon Smith, just guys that I could watch and learn from. And that, that really helped my development there. Um, and as I, as I went on, I just leaned on my vets. Um, leaned on them for advice, uh, leaned on them if I didn't know something, and that's really what what helped me thrive in that role. Yes, sir. I can see that. And shout out to those vets too. You know, it's, it's funny hearing you talk about vets, and those are my young guys too. It makes me feel. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you yeah, know, you made crazy. That's how I feel right now. Yeah, yeah. You, you're, you're that guy now. You know. Yeah, <laughs> guys will be hitting you up, asking you for advice if they already haven't. So it's, it's mm-hmm. a blessing. You know, it's meant, we're meant to evolve in that way. Um, sure. You mentioned Coach Fry, and, you know, he was our guy, my guy. I'm sure he was your guy, too. You know, you went through that transition of two different defensive coordinators as uh, you also had Manny Diaz, who just, you know, left the position. What's some words of advice for the guys, uh, your boys still lining up in the blue and white that will now go through that transition themselves with a new defensive coordinator and coach Allen? Yeah, it's just it's just about having faith in the program, uh, having faith in your process, and really just having faith in, in what's going on in the room. Uh, I feel like the standard starts with the guys in the room, um, and the coach doesn't change that. The coach is going to come in, he's going to say the same things. And I've actually talked to Coach Allen. He's a great dude. Um, it's been been really good, really just been absorbing as he's been there when I was there. So I told him if he if he needs anything from me, I can I can help him out as much as I can. But I feel like the standard starts with the guys in the room, and you got to uphold that. Nice, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I always say, what's a co- what's a, what's a coach without a player? What's a player without a coach? And when it comes down sure. to it, we're the guys on the field that have to you know make it happen. Um, Regardless, so that's I, I feel that way as well. And let's kind of get to it. You know, the guys in the room that you're talking about setting that standard. You are a guy that set a standard for the guys that are still there. Who is someone maybe that we haven't heard about that we should be looking out for to make a splash coming out of that linebacker room? Dom DeLuca, hundred um, percent. That's I feel like he's been an elite playmaker since he's been in that room. Um, a guy that honestly made me a better player every day uh, with with I don't think there was a possession where I came up the field where we weren't talking um just talking about what we're seeing if he's going mm-hmm. I'm letting him know stuff I'm seeing if I'm going in he's letting me know stuff he's saying he's just an incredibly talented and smart football player and I feel like that's going to pay dividends I think he's going to have a big year this year mm, yeah <laughs> I, I like that call. And Dom Dom showed up a lot this year even. So that's that's great. And 
you know, I think Brandon's going to have some words to talk about after this, just about that transition and so on and so forth. But um, yeah. give me give me a young guy. Like, I've been high on the Tony Rojas kid. I'm just a Virginia guy, so yeah. you know, that's natural when a Virginia guy pops up up there. I'm pulling for him. But <clears throat> he's a kid who, from, like, a, a physical attribute standpoint, you know, moving his body, bending, all those things, seems to seems to have shown some potential there. Maybe it's him, maybe it's someone else, but a young guy maybe didn't get a ton of run this year, but is going to be able to help facilitate some depth at that position coming into the season this year in your eyes. Yeah, I, honestly, I love all my freshmen, man. They they really came in. I felt like they were all prepared and really put themselves in a good position coming into this year. Um, obviously, Tony was the guy in that class. Um, couldn't keep him off the field. He just he made plays. And yeah. I think that's another thing that, as he develops, if he continues to make those plays, I think he'll be one of the best in the country. But yeah. you can't sleep on Tamir and Keys either. Uh, I think Keys, yeah. is, uh, I think Tamir is a really smart football player. Um, he's had that attribute since he's come in, just very instinctive, knows what's going on, uh, knows how he can get to the ball. And, uh, Keys is just a freak of nature, man. He might, he might be the fastest guy in the room. Uh, I don't, I don't know if Abdul will agree with that, but Keys <laughs> is, Keys is explosive, man. He, he flies to the ball, um, and he just has effort that you, you can't teach. And I think that's going to be another thing that separates him. Like he, you're seeing those guys on a D squad tape every week. They're just doing good things, just constantly getting better. And I'm super proud of those guys for that. I think they're going to have big years this year as well. Yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Shoot, man, you talk about explosive. That's that's the type of player you were, like uh, mm -hmm. Hack and I said. Wow, you were one, a fun guy to watch. Can you give us some of your top plays on the field throughout your career? Yeah, um, obviously, I got to say the two touchdowns. Um, Against Michigan in 2022, that was one of my favorite favorite plays, man. Oh, yeah. I, a lot of people can't say that coming from the defensive side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see, you see that ball in the air bounce off somebody's helmet. It, it was just like perfect. I don't want to say luck, but I feel like effort, effort, luck follows effort. So I, I ran to the ball, caught that thing, and I just got to running. And I feel like there's no better feeling than scoring. Um, the second touchdown is a little more bittersweet for me because I'm in the shoe, caught the ball, running down the sideline, thinking, oh, I made the play that's going right. to win this game, that's going to put us in a good situation. Uh, get in the end zone, I'm right in front of my mom, like looking at her like, Ooh. yeah, this is me. Like, I, <laughs> I got this. Like, And then they called it back, man. But I, those two plays, like, I feel like they just show how – I can be an instinctive football player, um, just be around the ball and, and, and the effort, the effort is there as well. 100%. I love it, man. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna play a long time, bro. And I'm excited about it. Just, just because of the, the way you're talking right now, just the mindset, like those types of things. That's, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be yeah. great how that develops. But, <clears throat> you know, one thing I took a lot of pride in when I left and obviously, little bit different circumstances coming in and all that stuff was just leaving the place better than what I found it. Um, I thought mm -hmm. that everybody in my class did that. And I thought that was something that we definitely made a priority. I remember talking to some of the young guys, even on the defensive side of the ball about it when I was at, at, down at the tax layer bowl the night before the game. But um, 
Give us something about like Penn State, man. Like, what does it mean to you to be a Penn State football player? What does it mean to you to be part of this brotherhood? What does it mean to you, maybe like your mission that didn't really have anything to do with football, but just kind of carrying that on? Because I do believe that we have a very special unwritten code up there in that locker room that is carried through generations. And I kind of want to get a young guy's perspective on it. And I think I think you're the right guy to be able to, to detail it for us. So um, what do you got? Well, I got to say, I'm, I'm a guy that's been here through the good, the bad, and the ugly. So I, I come in my freshman year, um, 0-5 season to start – just seeing seeing how we never accepted that. Like, we right. never looked at that and said, oh, this is us. Like, this is our culture. We we attacked it every day after that. And I feel like just our transition from my younger years, my freshman and sophomore years, to being a junior, going 11-2, and two, winning the Rose Bowl, um, this past year, going having another 10-win season, just I feel like we were really resilient in our process, and we really – accepted that this culture here, like, you know, Penn State don't like to lose. We we don't allow that. So I feel like that type of culture, that's going to stay in that locker room forever as long as Coach Frank is there. There you go. Any, uh, what can you say about Coach Franklin, man? I mean, for us too, you know, well-documented. We came in with OB, loved OB. That transition happened, came into Franklin. And I always tell people I grew to appreciate Franklin more and more throughout my career and his ideologies. And That's everyone, man. I, yeah. I feel like that's everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I feel like you don't, you don't realize until you get to the end, like, Franklin always has your best interest at heart. Like, even when he's making you do them 6 a.m. punishment workouts, them, them plate pushes, them – them tire pulls, like he he just wants you the best out of you. Um, yeah. and he's always gonna grind, and you don't realize till you get away. Like the important things, that's what that's what separates you when you go to the next level. Um, yeah. The little things, just being having an intense intention to detail, just things like that are gonna separate you when you get on this level. And it's best you just start doing it now rather than yeah. fighting Coach Franklin on it and yeah. and getting nowhere. Honestly. <laughs> It's, it's hard to see as a young guy, and I'm sure you see other guys, you know, combat it. But even outside of the next level, as an adult, as a man in your everyday life, those same, you know, qualities and testaments you can apply, which, like I said, I appreciate to this day as well. Uh, it is, he does everything for you, man. He, he gets you prepared yeah. for life, not just football. Yeah. Every, everything matters. Which, as a young kid, you're like, does it? But everything matters. <laughs> yeah, you don't understand it, so you out of there. Well, well, Kurt, you'll get a kick out of this. I don't, know, I don't know if you were part of this, but you might have been, Brandon, because there was a mm-hmm. lot of in there. But you talk about them 6 a.m. punishment workouts. They were like mm-hmm. 4 a.m. when we were there, and they were yeah. dog rolls. You talking about with Deej? Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and I had about a, I had about a uh, two, good two years with Deej, man. Yeah, but I love my guy. Uh, he's the best. So, so Coach Coach O'Brien was a little lax with the. I'm not going to say academic side of things, but it was like if you were handling business, he wasn't yeah. really too yeah. worried about class checks and this and that and the other thing. Like if you were taking yeah. care of what you need to take care of, he kind of gave you more of that. Like if you're a man and you can handle the responsibility, like that's yeah. cool. Um, coach Franklin and we were up on campus for like two or three weeks without a head coach. Yeah. Like came back. Like they were <laughs> yeah. hiring guys. 
We were on, on a roll, dude. Like just as a team. Outside of football, that might have been a highlight of college. Crazy, bro. <laughs> we were lifting, but then that was it. Like that was yeah. the only responsibility we had for football. Week after Christmas. So I'll never forget this, dude. We uh, Coach Franklin gets there. It goes about two or three weeks. We're still doing the same stuff, like guys that played, guys that were handled business, like not in class, this, that, and the other thing every once in a while. Coach Franklin hits like 60 guys with a dog patrol, right? <laughs> I, I'm one of them. So I walk into this thing, and I'm looking around. I'm like, damn, that's drop. Like every single starter, that's dropped. Doom, doom, <laughs> down the line. And he they still did the – Dude, they still did the plate, the plate, uh, take the plates upstairs, bring them back down. Oh, dog, we we were we they, we didn't do the one in the because it was it was a little you, 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 you were part of the old building. We were in we yeah. were in Haluba, and it was like mm. Coach Franklin was proving a point, and yeah. there were sled pushes, there were trash cans out there for everybody already, and just mopped us up, dude. I will yeah. never. That workout. That one was. That one was and we, we shed a lot of players. That that first winter session with Franklin, a lot of guys dropped. Yeah, you know, we kind of kind of weeded out the weak and made the strong survive for sure. Hey, I ain't gonna lie. I used to. I, they kind of got a little bit more relaxed with it, but like when I was a freshman, I had a couple. Like once I got used to it, I, I got going. Mm-hmm. I was talking. I was talking smack the D's while I was doing it. Oh. Like I'm doing them. Little, I'm doing them little <laughs> crawls outside. Good. I'm doing a little cross outside. I got Deej mad. I'm talking about, you think this is going to break me, Deej? Like, I'm, I'm still going. <laughs> hey, you just like, might I used to mess with him. Yeah, Deej hey. is my guy, man. I, I used to mess with him all the time. No, for sure. Shout out to Deej. Hopefully you see this. We love you. But on that same accord, like you said, you had a year with Deej, but you also had two two years with uh, Los. Speak on oh, yeah, that. You don't mess with Losey. <laughs> you don't mess with, <laughs> you don't mess with Losey. Losey get up in the yeah. morning. He curl that mustache, and he means straight business. <laughs> you, you can't, you can't mess with him. But I, I, I love Losey, man. I just feel like when you when he comes in every day, like he's ready to challenge you. Uh, he doesn't care who you are. He he just wants you to get better. And uh, a big thing that I like what Losey does, he really relies on his vets to be the guys that. He doesn't have to worry about your vets are the guys that are pushing other guys while with him. So mm-hmm. it really becomes like a pack and you either join the pack or you get out. So that's that's kind of how we approach every workout. That's how we approach every practice. And I feel like it starts. It all starts with these. Honestly, it starts with these in the summer. Mm-hmm. It starts with these in, or not these starts with Losi in the summer. No. It starts yeah. with Losi in the winter. Yeah, 100 percent. Hey, man. Hack, I'm not sure if you have anything, but. I appreciate you. I want to leave you with one more question. Can you give us top two moments just as a Penn State student, player, doesn't have to be on the field, could be just with the guys, top memory that you'll you'll hold forever? Yeah, my top memory got to be winning a Rose Bowl. Um, I just remember it all coming together, Um, just all the anticipation, all the love that was poured in us from the fans. That's got to be it for me. That's that's why you do it. So – just being able to go out there, get that dub, um, and just really propel that into the next season. And I feel like we, we did a really good job there. And I don't, I don't think there's a moment that touches that, honestly. It's beautiful. That's beautiful, man. Shoot, man. From the pocket, fans, make sure you check Curtis Jacobs out. Going on to the big leagues, combine, pro day, everything's coming. Wish you the best of luck. I'm sure you'll kill it. And um, I'm excited to see you play, man. Wherever you end up, just know 
you know, balls to the wall, as you always, you know, played that way. Keep that confidence up, study, and you'll be you'll be just fine, man. Like Hack said, all the attributes you you have, the way you speak about the game, it'll it, it, it give back to you as much as you give into it. So looking forward to it. Thank you, guys, man. I appreciate this, man. So that was Curtis Jacobs, folks. Um, wishing him the best, man. Like B said in the intro, uh, new, fresh Letterman. Always love getting uh, always love getting a chance to talk to these guys yeah. early. Let them know what what they're really part of. It's just, it's a very special yeah. group. So they don't even know yet, man. And, and no clue yet. But best of luck <laughs> to him. He's got a bright future, like we kind of talked about. And uh, you know, I, I love this game. So now it's now it's our turn to talk a little bit about this B. So you know what. When you talk about this, I mean, we are linebacker. You let's just get yeah. that out of the way. I don't want to hear any other bullshit about anybody else coming in here. This is this is linebacker. You it always has been, always will be. There's yes, no change sir. in that. Um, obviously, a big focal point in what Manny was doing was these guys being able to make plays, even though we weren't structurally built to have two gappers and like let these guys run right. around and make plays. They were still very much downhill attacking and sideline to sideline from from my perspective. Right, I'm just going to kind of yeah. lay out my general perspective i think that there's uh i think that there's some opportunity for some of these younger guys to add a little bit more versatility sideline to sideline than maybe some of the foundational guys who've played just from a pure talent standpoint however some of those foundational guys dom deluca so on and so forth are really really good football players um smart know know what their limitations are stay out of bad positions take advantage of opportunities when they when they are presented in a way where, you know, minimal risk, high reward type of things. Um, and ultimately, I thought that they did a great job within the scheme. Now we have a new scheme coming in. What that may or may not look like, we're going to have to see, wait and see, I think, spring ball, so on and so forth. But to me, it's a very exciting group. We're always going to have talent there. We're always going to have yeah. depth. You mentioned something about Abdul Carter that I want to touch on after I let you give your synopsis here. But – um, overall, man, like it's really hard to be upset with this with this group. I think that something you mentioned about Abdul specifically, but I think as a whole, is going to be really big for these guys to take the reins on the defensive side of the ball. We talked about it, like the O-line, starting with the O-line last week on the offensive side of the ball. I think these linebackers have a chance to really be the field generals and, yeah. you know, kind of comes with the name. It comes with the position, like being able to, to do things. But I, I think it's a really great opportunity with a fresh slate, new coordinator right. to really instill kind of a mentality and an attitude in this defense um, or carry it over, if that makes sense, into a new scheme. So for me, super stoked about the way they played. Don't have a ton of complaints. I think some of these younger guys are really going to bring needed and added uh, competition and, yeah, sure. and, and, you know, really put – the coaching staff in a, in a in a good position where they have to start playing guys because they've earned it, and I think that's only going to make the the the, the total product better. Yeah. So, without further ado, B, this is your this is your show. I want you to run it. I'll ask questions and we'll poke from here. So, um, what do you got? But no, yeah, I think you said something that that uh, rung off for me is, you know, opportunity to be. I think with Manny leaving, and as you said, the aggressive nature that he uh, called defense, the, the defense, we don't know what Coach Allen's going to bring. That's fine. But I would, like you said, there's nothing that's going to replicate that, what Manny, Coach Manny yeah. Diaz did, and that's fine. But with that, I think there's a chance for us to be slightly more sound. That's what you said. Yeah. You know, sound in position, 
for the betterment of our athletes that are on the field. With an aggressive style, like you said, is it's high risk, high reward. I think we maybe pull back on a part of that risk with uh, with this new defense coming in, which I personally am okay with. I know the numbers may suggest otherwise, but I think as a linebacker, and this is me personally, but I think you can benefit the guys that are coming back this year, the Kobe Kings of the world. Guys like him give a chance to kind of set your feet a little bit more and read and react because I think a lot of plays, that's how I've made most of my plays, you know, and I think with that, like I said, we take away the risk of some of the explosive plays we've we've we gave up, and yeah. kind of let guys decipher, read it out. And I think with that, like I said, we still have the speed to go sideline to sideline. The speed's not going anywhere. We'll no. still be able to be on the other side of the line of scrimmage, but I think we uh, negate some of the risk and the windows and the holes, guys out of gaps, out of position. When you kind of settle down slightly, feet set a little bit more at the linebacker position, and it gives you a chance to really make the D-line right, even when, you know, they're maybe not be in the gap they're supposed to be. When you're set and can read and react, you can hop right over, be there. You know, and I think we talk a lot about Abdul Carter. I think this is also a season for Kobe King to really, you know, a chance to make some money. Put it, Let's put it how it is, a chance to really shoot himself up you know, the draft boards, wherever that may be, in the linebacker position. He's got the speed. He's got the size. Once again, all these dudes, back to Chuck Losey, these dudes are built, built for war, built uh, built tough, whatever you want to call it. So I'm also looking uh, excited to see that. You know, the younger guys with a year in the weight room, year in the program, you know how that goes. Yeah. Uh, guys are young, still growing, you know, get the body right. And I think the, you know, very much may be the room that I worry about the least is the LB room. Yeah. As these guys know, you know, I always tell them whenever I get a chance, you know, LBs make the plays, like you said, field generals, leaders, you know, you have a chance to kind of right the ship. Things can go wrong on the first level. Things can't go wrong on the second level because we don't want things to go wrong on the third level. So <laughs> <laughs> that's typically how it goes. Yeah. And uh, so I'm looking forward to it, man. I mean, we can get into the names. We've been mentioning guys here and there, but starting off, what do you – is there any more insight with that? Oh, so Carter? That's, well, that's the one thing is you brought it, you brought it up prior to, the, to Curtis coming on and talking, but you said, like, this is a year for Abdul to, to make that jump to an All-American status, right? And, like, when you watch the kid, you, you want him off the bus first. Yeah. You, you watch him run sideline to sideline. He makes fast guys look slow, and he's right. a, not a small guy. Um, <laughs> there's there's a lot to be said about just his God-given raw talent. Like, what is it for him that he needs to develop or do more consistently or whatever to make that jump to that guy who is kind of like the – make everybody else right, etch his name in the All-American hallway, get a nice picture up there with the likes of LeVar. But I'm just talking linebackers, right? Like, well, right, 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 right. Uh, like those types of guys, yeah. like what, what does he have to do to make that jump from being like just a freakazoid that people are drooling to get their hands over and mold into a system to a guy who's like, man, dude, this kid's a damn near finished product. He's plugged. Right. Plug. right. 
Yeah, I'd say it's it's everything is just up here in between the two ears, man. As you said, he has the God-given ability to do whatever you ask him to do. Whether it's line up on the edge, blitz a gap, he's an excellent blitzer. Yep. Um, and that's the that's the thing I think that him. Not to, I hate comparing guys, but obviously him and Mike could get the comparisons. Mm-hmm. But I think they are more. They're slightly more different than they are like, you know. And there's been con- you know people talking about Micah should be lined up here, there. Regardless of that, I think with Abdul's natural kind of heavier set, then the kids he walked in as a freshman two forty, two forty five, probably pushed two fifty, two fifty five now without losing any of the explosiveness. Which, like you said, first kid off the bus every time, every yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the God given ability is there. It's everything up here for a stack backer, even line up on the edge. When you just kind of learn the game more, you have all you have two years of experience, which is nothing better. Nothing is better than that compared to all the tape you can watch. But how how can he? You know, gather all of that with, you know, additional film study of other players, other linebackers, other opponents, you know, the offensive schemes and things like that to build that anticipation. You know, I always hear anticipation talked about for quarterbacks, which we all know is necessary. I know I can let you rip off on that. But for defenders, it's just as important. Yeah. The anticipation of how this puller is coming around this block. And are you going to, you know, rip under? You're going to cut across his face? You're going to shed and pull? There's simple things like that. Or if it's it's the slant window from the number two, you know, a double, what do you call it, double end slant, whatever you want to call it. You know you're not, you're maybe your, your, um, your role is to take away the slant of number two, but you know with enough study, the quarterback wants the slant of number one. And how can you kind of maneuver and, and get into those windows, you know, on the second, third level, which, I mean, I say it every time. We've seen glimpses of it. I think that's where he takes that step to All-American, where he has three picks, eight sacks, ten tackles for loss. He's literally all over the field. Obviously, depends how they use him, but he has a capability to do exactly that. And with seems a little like, bit, it's, it seems like you're almost saying, like, just like the savviness. Like Pretty the much savviness, right? Like, <clears throat> no, yeah. I mean, ultimately, and there's no way to like necessarily coach that. Yeah, you know, I think, like I said, it comes with that experience and it just being a student of the game. Like, you can just line up uh, NFL Sunday, and if you really dialed in, you're not watching the offense. You're not watching. You're watching Fred Warner. See how yeah. he maneuvers through this defense. How he's in the second third window of the quarterback before the quarterback even gets there, you know, things like that, that. And it's so hard because like, he's such a talented freak that it's like, it's hard to do this comparison, but it's like a guy who I have a ton of respect for who we played with, who like didn't have those intangibles, like God given gifts for all talent was like Mike Hull, but he had savviness, oozing out of him, yeah. right? <laughs> he knew what he had to do to be able to play at that high of a level, right? Where it's like, it's almost like Abdul, like, doesn't really need it to be right. a really good disruptive football player. But I think to your point, like, it's like that double-edged sword where it's like not not really laziness, right? Like, I don't want to call it laziness, mm-hmm. but 
it's the ability to fall back on something that is that much better than everybody else. The development of that either sometimes gets skewed or it's slower because you don't have to use it as often to still be an impact player. Right. So I think, I think the, the only, the only thing I would say is, is that, his ability to recognize that and then apply those things on a daily basis at practice, um, like you said, in the film room and like actual make actually make a conscious effort to like try to grow that side of his game. Yeah. I think that would help it quicker. But like again, it's so hard. I, I, like I'm trying to I'm trying to paint this picture like as easily as I can because it's 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 a tough conversation to have. Right. Because it's like you're almost going to say like he you know he doesn't need it, but he but like right. I think. He does if he wants to be that guy. I'm about to say, I mean, you said it. To be, you know, off the draft boards, number one defensive player taken, ready, a product that's ready to go, that's, like you're saying, that's what he would need. Not that he's still, obviously, God-given talents there, but a fully polished product, we'll say, that is the next step. Because from a Mike Hall, even myself, I'll take myself, for example, in high school, you know, you're able to rip through the line, make a tackle for loss, and you kind of get used to that because it's 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 possible. You know, the, the tougher, the better the teams get. You're not just walking through the, the old line, getting a sack, getting a defensive line. So you have to hone in on your craft, chopping hands, chopping arms, which I think he does a great job of. But then it's the Mike. When you say Mike Hall savviness, I think of an undersized linebacker, by no means is weak in the weight room, strong as an ox. But he knows how to defeat blocks. He knows how to set up an old lineman. Or just he knows the savviness of the angle this this tackle's climbing up on him. And based off my skill set, he knows I'm going to try to slip and dip because I'm quick. But no, I'm going to shock him and rip across his face and be on the other side, be where I'm supposed to be based off the savviness that, you know, yeah. I know where the ball's going. And I know yeah. where the O-line wants, thinks, to, thinks that he knows where I want to go. Yeah, slight things like that. Once again, it's up between the ears. We'll take him to the next level. He kind of reminds me of Gerald Hodges. The more and more I think about it, like G was a stupid athlete. Yeah, a completely different recruit. Like I think Gerald came in as a safety, and then he played quarterback in high school too. Yeah, and they ended up putting putting weight on stuff. But like completely different athlete. But I think when you looked at the finished product, like. Very, very similar. And G did that. G did a lot of that, like with, with, because Madi was there with him mm-hmm. and like Madi kind of anchoring it down. And G just ran around and made a ton right. of plays. Right. Um, I think Abdul can kind of be that, if he makes that jump that we're talking about, can kind of be that combo guy. Yeah. And ultimately, Brandon, like you could talk about this playing with a guy like that, like it makes your job a whole hell of a lot easier oh, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said, him and Kobe King can be – I don't want to put too much hype on them now or too much pressure or whatever you want to call it, but they can be the best tandem. Starting in the Big Ten in the country, like I said, yeah. Abdul can jump to all-American status. Kobe King can jump to all-Big Ten status um, and hopefully all-American status himself. But I think they can be a deadly duo once again. As you alluded to, Abdul can be thrown around in different capacities where he maybe is not lined up at traditional stack linebacker, you know? You know, maybe they drop him from the end. Maybe they rush him. Maybe, you know, he has the – that's the thing. His body type, 
is honestly really different than any linebacker I can say I've been around. You know, I really I six three, six four, whatever you want to call it, but the yeah, weight is the, 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 the sturdiness. Yeah. Almost sky's the limit. I'm excited to see it. Like you said, it's in between the ears. How much can he hone in on the craft? Um I mean, all that is, you know, self-reflectiveness, you know, yeah. of what you see in the mirror, what you see on tape, really getting to it. But uh, our defense, the linebacker room will be just fine. You know, pray for health. Pray for these young guys, you know, to, you know, pick it up and be just as hungry, like you said, push the, push the standard even more, and we'll be just fine. Okay, so, so the Abdul Carter show, you know, has come to an end. <laughs> But he is, a, he is a big focal point. Now, you mentioned that, you, you know, you're not worried about him. Everything's good. Um, what, what do you want to see this spring when it comes to the new system and those types of things? What type of jumps and leaps and bounds do you want to see this spring, specifically possibly in the spring game, to give you that ultimate utmost confidence heading into week one when we go to Morgantown next year? Um, to be able to handle everything that's coming down the pipe with these guys and, and ultimately, you know, roll, roll to the, to the heights that we all want as fans and expect. Yeah, I would say, and it may be a tall task, you know, to want this in spring ball, but I just want to see the, the synchronicity. Is that a word? Synchronization, synchronicity. I I like it. It sounded good. The synchronization of the LB room. You know, I want to see these guys on a string. Whatever scheme they roll out in, you know, I want to see the communication. And obviously it, it goes beyond just the linebackers. But once again, I say it starts there. Can they get all three levels in communication on a cord? That's really all I want to see. I know the speed's there. I know the power's there. I pray that the hunger is there. But I just want to see them, you know, in tune with each other more. Once again, year three for Abdul Carter. Year four or three for Kobe King, you know, that you really have to make those years kind of pay off. It's not just another year of playing football. When you come back, you know, you have to expound. You use that experience to your benefit. So use everything to get in, uh, in tune with each other, the playbook. And uh, see, I want to see guys on a string, man. See guys on a string. If one person's wrong, the other guy can make them right type of deal. And I think that's what made like Jason and I work well together because we were in tune with each other, in tune with the playbook, obviously. And in that way you can kind of, you know, play within the scheme, but you can play your game within the scheme. Yeah. I love it, man. I, I am excited and everything you just highlighted, like watching. And again, I'm, I'm just a, just a quarterback, but <laughs> when you watch these things unfold, it's a thing of beauty, man. It is a yeah. dance. It is so much of like knowing the guy to your right and your left and knowing yeah. almost being on the same wavelength. Like Bates talked about with the offensive line, like they got to be best friends. They got to be like, they have to know each other on a different level, like almost like yeah. twin. You have to have that subconscious ability to read each other's minds and understand what their next step is going to be and how to play off it. I think it's going to be really big for this defense to limit explosives and, and to your point, be able to continue to make plays and play off of one another and this linebacker room is deep. Um, it's young. You know, we lost some guys. It's got some youth in there. It's got depth. It's got experience. It's got everything you want. Yeah. And you look back at Penn State historically, 
there's been a lot of the same characteristics where you have four or five guys who can carry it, who four or five guys who are probably going to play on Sundays. Yeah. And then you have some younger guys who are going to be able to come in there and make a difference and ultimately be the next generation, right? And it keeps refilling itself. And that's the beauty of this position group uh, specifically yeah. in state college. So we're super stoked about it. Um, B, you got any closing remarks, man, before I send us out of here? Man, I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. I think the overlapping qualities of the type of guys outside of athletic ability that the linebacker room of Penn State kind of makes is what makes it easy for guys like me to still be in touch with Madi and we can talk football and be on the same language, speak the same language like that. You know, I can talk to Curtis Jacobs and understand without, you know, meeting him too many times, never shared the locker room at the same time, but we get it up here of kind of what it takes, what it means to be a Penn State linebacker. And, you know, that's kind of the intangible thing, similar to Tom Brady we were talking about earlier. Those yeah. are those intangibles that, you know, the recruiters, you know, shout out to those guys, the guys hitting the high schools, you know, also have to see and have to believe in outside of the athletic ability because that's what makes teams, man. That's what makes successful teams, you know, go where we all want to go. And, you know, I think we all know that there's still more to more to gain out there. There is much more to be done. So uh, that's another hell of an episode next week. I think we're going to dive into the tight ends, wide receivers. Uh, going to make sure we get a nice guest in here for you. Um, hitting hitting the hitting the uh, Rolodex already with that. But um, as always, make sure you guys are following us, State Media PSU on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, Instagram. Uh, make sure you follow the mothership, Mercury. Keep you updated with all of our different channels and assets. Adam Brenneman's got his uh, one-man band next up up there. He's constantly putting out some good stuff with with head coaches and coaching staffs from around the country. I think he was just up in Boston College this week. It's a good one, as always. So you guys can get all your content and uh, consumption needs there. Make sure you check out the merch store. That thing is still up and rolling. Um, Check out Aeneas Hawkins with the Lions Den with the Player Podcast. Uh, hardcore PSU, my guys with the fan sided podcast. Sure. Um, get get it get it from all angles. You know, I think we do a good job of doing that. So um, B and I always appreciate it. Love the feedback. Hit the DMs, hit the mentions with questions, so on and so forth as we continue to go out. Ideas for some stuff that you want us to cover this off season. Um, and we'll make sure we bring it to you. So with that, uh, appreciate you guys. Another one in the books. B, 